Welcome home, a feminine factor, the final frontier, a hachana for Chaf Beis Shvat. Introduction. When the Rebbe formally accepted the mantle of Chabad leadership, he declared that his Nesias was focused on a single goal, to bring Mashiach B'Payol Mamish. As it took seven generations from Avram until Maisha to bring the Shechina to earth, so would it take seven generations from the Alter Rebbe until our times to bring Mashiach to the world. To this end, the Rebbe established an army and drafted every Chassid and in fact every Jew to serve this historic cause. Militaries have many divisions, infantry, armored, navy, air force, etc. Similarly, in the Rebbe's army, there are many divisions. Shluchim who serve on the front lines in Chabad houses around the world, Shluchim who serve as teachers, mashpiim, and rabbanim in Chabad communities, and children who serve in Sivas Hashem. There are also people who serve the army from the outside. These are the lay leaders who don't serve in any official capacity, but who perform certain missions or provide funding and support as the situation requires. One of the largest divisions in the Rebbe's army is the women's division. It comprises at least half of the army. Each division has a role to play. The Rebbe often spoke separately to each division and provided direction and guidance. The Rebbe would often speak to the shluchim. The Rebbe would also speak to the hanhalis of the yeshivas and the teachers. The Rebbe spoke frequently to the children of Tzivas Hashem. Similarly, the Rebbe spoke regularly to the women. To each of these divisions, the Rebbe provided guidance, issued directives, and offered inspiration and support. The Rebbe's words to and about women are markedly different from that of other Jewish leaders, both past and present. It can even be said that the Rebbe revolutionized the role of women in Judaism. This is arguably because of the critical role that the women's division plays in the primary goal of the Rebbe's army, bringing Mashiach B'Payal Mamish. In fact, in certain areas, the Rebbe expected women to take a leadership role and to do even more than men. This lesson will survey many, though not all, of these areas. But before we get into this, it is worthwhile highlighting a comment that the Rebbe made to Mrs. Carol Freed in what might have been perceived as a lighter moment. However, we know that by the Rebbe there were no light moments. What appeared to be small talk was also serious. And in this case, the Rebbe certainly appeared to be serious. It was Hay Tishrei 5748, and the Rebbe was talking to Mr. Sandy Freed. In the middle of the conversation, the Rebbe turned quite suddenly to Mr. Freed's wife, Mrs. Carol Freed, who was standing by quietly. The Rebbe said, You know that among Chassidim there are equal rights for women also, and in certain things you are expected to do even more than males. Indeed, this was not intended as small talk. As this curriculum will demonstrate, the Rebbe assigned a primary role in Yiddishkeit to the Jewish woman. In this curriculum, we will present the Rebbe Sichas on the unique leadership role that women play in multiple facets of Yiddishkeit. Most importantly, the primary role that women play in bringing about Judaism's most critical objective, the Geula Shlema. This all leads into the groundbreaking Sicha from Chaf Beis Shvat 5752, which follows this curriculum. In this Sicha, 
the Rebbe explained that the Rebbe's and Zestachos on Chav Pei Shvat 5748 ushered in the final stage of making a Dira B'tachtainim. The Rebbe laid out the specific tasks that are incumbent upon us in this stage, tasks that are affected primarily by the women. The conclusion of the Sicha is that we are literally at the doorpost of Geula and with a little more effort, led by the women's division, our army will bring Mashiach. This curriculum serves as a ladder that leads to the Sicha. By presenting the Rebbe's perspective of the woman's role in Yiddishkeit, the curriculum leads us into the Sicha which lays out precisely how the Jewish woman can bring Mashiach. After you learn this curriculum, learn the Sicha and come away with a new understanding of the final historic stage and what can and must be done to bring the Geula. Note the translated Sicha that follows this curriculum is the second half of the Sicha of Chaf Be Shvat 5752, the first half a fascinating exploration of the significance of Chaf Be Shvat as the commencement of the third and final phase of our Avaida before Mashiach comes, is synopsized in a brief essay that appears as an appendix at the end of this booklet. Part 1. A Timely Contribution Throughout the years of the Rebbe's Nesias, the Rebbe would address women and explain the role of women in Yiddishkeit in a manner that was markedly different from other Jewish leaders. Not only did the Rebbe emphasize the central importance of the woman's role in the family and in the home, the Rebbe cast the role of the woman as fundamental and primary to all of Yiddishkeit. On many occasions, the Rebbe explained that the reason women play this primary role is linked to the connection that women have with Mashiach. As we draw closer to the times of Mashiach, the role of the women who are primary in bringing Mashiach emerges more broadly and clearly. In the Rebbe's words, text 1, Sefer HaSichais 5752. Our sages taught that the Jews were redeemed from Egypt in the merit of the righteous women of that generation. The same is true today, because the future Geula is considered a repetition of the Exodus, as expressed in the verse, as in the days of your leaving Egypt, I will again show you wonders. The coming Geula will occur as a reward to and in the merit of the righteous women of our times. Indeed, our sages explicitly stated that the generations will be redeemed only in the merit of the righteous women of those times. This is all the more accurate in light of the mystical teachings of the Arizal, who revealed that the souls of the final generation of exile will be the reincarnated souls of the Jews who experienced the exodus from Egypt. This is one of the reasons that my saintly father-in-law, the Rebbe, the leader of our generation, worked hard to ensure that Jewish women should be taught every aspect of Torah and mitzvahs, including the study and the spreading of chassidus. It is because the contribution of the Jewish woman, in whose merit Mashiach will come, is vital in our times the last generation of Gullus, and the first generation of Geula. End of text 1. In this vein, we will survey the various areas in which the Rebbe revolutionized our appreciation for and understanding of the contribution of Jewish women. Part 2. The Internal Feminine The first section of our survey will focus on the Jewish woman's internal strengths, 
and her relationship with Hashem. There are many areas in which women are distinguished from men, and we will focus on three of them. Tyra study, mitzvahs with a time contingency, and faith. A. Tyra study. We begin our survey with Tyra study, an element that the Rebbe mentioned in the previous text. In the past, Jewish women would learn Tyra at home, from their mothers, and their study was limited to the areas of halacha that were deemed relevant to women. The Friedrich Rebbe joined the efforts of many G'dayla Yisrael of that generation to establish Tyra schools for Jewish girls. What exactly should be studied in the girls' schools was a matter of discussion among the pioneers of this movement. The Rebbe took the broadest view. Text 2a, Sefer Hasichais 5750. Firstly, women must study all the halachas that they must know. These include the laws of family purity and mikvah, the laws of kosher meat, the prohibition of isolation with men, etc. It also includes all positive commandments without a time contingency and all the negative commandments, both biblical and rabbinical in which their obligation is identical to that of the men. This represents a voluminous plethora of halacha, would it be that men were fluent in all these halachas. In addition, and most important, women must study the internal dimensions of Torah, chsidis, where concepts such as Jewish faith, divine unity, love of Hashem, fear of Hashem, etc. are explained. This is expressed in the verse, Know your God and serve Him with a complete heart. This study is relevant to the six mitzvahs whose obligation is constant and never-ending throughout the lives of both men and women. End of text 2a Why did G'dayli Yisrael feel that this shift was necessary? Text 2b, Ibid, page 457 Inasmuch as women in the modern age are exposed to various secular subjects that leave them spiritually vulnerable, countering this through the study of Tarish Peh, it is not only permissible but also necessary. Women should not only study the practical halacha without learning the reasons behind them. Rather, they should study the reasons behind the halachas, including the relevant Talmudic debates. It is natural for both men and women to seek and to enjoy this form of study, which develops their minds and their strengths in the spirit of our holy Tyra. It is already an established fact, accomplished with the consent of the great leaders of Israel, that the curriculum in the educational institutions for girls includes many facets of Tyra that lay beyond the practical halachas that are relevant to women and it is good and proper that this be increased in one way or another. An additional benefit, they can inspire their children and husbands to study more Tyra by discussing their studies with them and by joining them in their studies. End of text 2b. The Mashiach Connection In addition to the conventional reason for this shift in Tyra study for women, the Rebbe explained that it occurred in our times because it is related to the coming of Mashiach. Text 2C, Ibid, page 358. Why did our generation merit the increase in Tyra study among women, considering that our generation is not as righteous as previous generations? It is because the end of our time in Gullus is marked 
by our preparation for the time of the Geula. In the days of Mashiach, there will be an increase in knowledge and wisdom of Tyra. Therefore, we have been given a foretaste that parallels this increase. End of text 2C. And why has this increase manifested itself particularly through Tyra study among women? Text 2D, Ibid footnote 42. It must be said that because in the future the virtue of the woman will be revealed, a woman of valor is the crown of her husband, and the woman encompasses the man. Therefore, the novelty and the increase in Tyra's study during these last generations is primarily among women. End of text 2D. We now see that the inner reason that the Friedrich Rebbe encouraged women to learn Tyra and the Rebbe increased these efforts is in preparation for the coming of Mashiach. B. Mitzvahs with a time contingency. Let's explore another classic area of divergence between Jewish men and women. The woman's exemption from mitzvahs with a time contingency, such as lulav, sukkah, shayfer, tzitzis, tefillin, etc. It was always understood, and the Rebbe spoke about this often, that the only reason women are exempt from these timely mitzvahs is to free them up for other more important mitzvahs for which they must be constantly available. However, the Rebbe also offered a much deeper reason that revolutionizes the way we understand the Jewish woman and that connects this exemption with Mashiach. Text 3, Teres Menachem Teferis Kenim. We find in the words of our sages that the Geula is associated and will come through women and children. However, it is well known that the divine revelations that we will merit in the era of Mashiach are achieved through our efforts and our work during the exile. Accordingly, we must ask why these great revelations are associated with and achieved through the mitzvahs of women and children. Is it not true that women are exempt from mitzvahs with a time contingency and children are exempt from all mitzvahs? The answer will be understood by comparing the mitzvahs of women and children to the mitzvah of Berchas Hamazain. We find something unique about the mitzvah of Berchas Hamazain. The Gemara states, The ministering angel said to Hashem, Master of the universe, It is written in your Torah, He will show no favor and take no bribe. And you show favor to the Jews, as expressed in the passage, Hashem will show you favor. Hashem replied, How can I not show them favor? I wrote to them in the Torah, And you will eat, and you will be satiated, And you will bless Hashem your God that they are only required to recite the blessing if they ate enough to be satiated. But they are scrupulous about reciting the blessing after eating the volume of an olive or of an egg well before they are satiated. Showing favor represents a revelation of godliness that transcends the entire chain of divine revelation. This is stimulated when a Jew serves Hashem in a manner that transcends the Torah's requirements when we are more scrupulous than the Torah obliges us to be. From this, we can learn about the mitzvahs of women and children. When they perform mitzvahs from which they are exempt, they reach higher than we do through obligatory mitzvahs. 
They stimulate a transcendental godly radiance similar to the favor Hashem shows us when we are more scrupulous with respect to Birchas Amazain than we are obligated to be. Based on this, we can understand the unique link between women and children and the future Geula. When they fulfill mitzvahs from which they are exempt, they reach a higher level that can be reached through the obligatory mitzvahs because of the intrinsic bond that they forge with Hashem's very essence. This bond is precisely what will be revealed during the Geula, which is why women and children are able to hasten the Geula. From this we can infer that since we are in such proximity to the time about which the Torah states, and it will be at the end of the days that the mountain of Hashem's house will be firmly established at the top of the mountains, and all the nations will stream to it. We must increase our efforts in all areas that will hasten the Geula, especially in areas related to women and children. End of text 3. Women are not exempt from these mitzvahs merely to clear up their schedules for other mitzvahs. They are exempt so that they could fulfill these mitzvahs in a way that men cannot, in a manner that not only surpasses the mitzvahs of men, but also completely transcends the mitzvahs of men. The Mashiach Connection Most important, Hashem exempted women from these mitzvahs to enable them to fulfill these mitzvahs in a way that will bring Mashiach. The gulf between the mitzvahs of women and the mitzvahs of men is similar to the gulf between Galus and Geula. Whatever will be revealed in the era of Mashiach is already implicit in these mitzvahs as they are performed by women. This is why women have a distinct ability to bring Mashiach through these mitzvahs. Once again, we see that the Rebbe's novel and even revolutionary approach to the role of Jewish women is associated with our proximity to the Geula and the role those women play in this epoch. C. Amuna, Feminine Faith We now turn our attention to an area in which ancient Jewish women demonstrated a particular proficiency. This is the area of Amunas Hashem, maintaining their faith in Hashem even when there are compelling arguments and pressure to give up that faith. This is exemplified by the women in the desert who refuse to participate in the sin of the golden calf or the sin of the spies. It was always thought that these traits were unique to the women of that generation. The Rebbe did not see this as a strength of women in the ancient past. The Rebbe saw this as the natural strength of the contemporary Jewish woman. Moreover, because this is her natural strength, it is her responsibility to model and inspire this faith in others. In the Rebbe's words, Text 4a, Rosh Chaydash has a unique connection to Jewish women. It is explained in Pirkei Drebeliezer that it was allocated to women as a reward for demonstrating their powerful bond to Hashem in the desert. Despite the terrific pressure that was brought to bear at that time, the Jewish women refused to participate in the golden calf. They declared that under no circumstances would they consent to join, make, or acknowledge a worthless entity that has no power because Hashem is the only faith and strength of a Jew. For this, Hashem allocated a special reward to the Jewish women of all generations. It is their special bond with Reish Chaydesh 
which has associated rituals that are unique to women. The fact that this reward was allocated to all Jewish women of all generations, so long as the eternal Jewish nation exists, tells us that this was not merely due to the superiority of the women of that generation, who withstood a powerful trial of faith that not all men could withstand. Rather, this is and this becomes an inborn trait in all Jewish women in all generations, which is why this reward was allocated to all Jewish women of all times, until the coming of Mashiach and beyond. The entire motive of Yiddishkeit is predicated on our true faith in Hashem. This faith is rooted in the heart of every Jew, both men and women, because we are all the sons of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and the daughters of Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. However, it is possible that on occasion, our faith is covered up and even concealed, though it remains internally strong and complete. This means that under certain circumstances, we might not see the impact of our faith in our daily lives. It is in this area that the Jewish woman has a unique ability to prevent her faith from being concealed. Not only is her faith never diminished, God forbid, but also its impact on her daily behavior remains continually unmitigated. End of text 4a. When men failed the test of faith, the most important test in Yiddishkeit, the women became their fail-safe. Until today, Jewish women are more inclined to Emunas Hashem, Avas Hashem, and Yiras Hashem. This is why it is often easier to inspire a woman to do a mitzvah. The Mashiach Connection This deep bond with her faith has particular resonance to the coming of Mashiach which is why women play such a primary role in bringing the Geula. Text 4b, Ibid 26, page 375. In addition, Jewish women are assigned the most important shlichus of bringing about the true and complete Geula. We explain several times that just as our ancestors left Egypt as a reward to and in the merit of the righteous women, so it is in every generation, and especially our generation, which is a reincarnation of the generation of the Exodus. It is easy to see that the nature of Jewish women, more so than the men, is to accept the immediate redemption from Gullus as a critical need. Women require less convincing than men to see that we must have the Geula now. End of text 4b. Here we see that the Rebbe saw the strength of feminine faith as the reason that women play a primary role in the coming of Mashiach. It is because women feel so acutely and believe so strongly in the need for the Geula that they play a critical role in this regard. Part 3. The Woman's Global Impact Until now, we focused on the Jewish woman's internal feminine experience in her relationship with Hashem. We will now focus our attention outward. We will look at various ways in which the Jewish woman impacts those around her and, by extension, the entire world. It was always thought that women exert influence on the family and the home, whereas men exert influence on the outside. The Rebbe taught that the woman's role might begin in the home, but it extends to the world at large. 
As we will see, this impact is manifested in many ways. It begins with her influence on her family, and it extends to her influence on all the people in her orbit. Let's begin with the family. A. Education. It was always thought that the woman is responsible for a child's education when the child is too young to learn anything important. As soon as the child is old enough to leave home and to learn to read, the father or the teacher takes over the child's education. This is where the child's education really begins. The Rebbe taught that the very opposite is true. The most important things about Yiddishkeit that children will ever learn, they learn in their mother's lap before they ever set foot in a school. In the Rebbe's words, Text 5a, Sefer Hasichais 5752. The foundation of a person's life is the education they receive while young. In reality, this education, especially in the case of young children, depends primarily on their mothers. The younger they are, the larger their mother's role in their education. At a tender age, a mother instills the vitality and spirit of Yiddishkeit creating a foundation for them to grow into men and women fully immersed in the material and spiritual aspects of Taira and mitzvahs in a pleasant and beautiful way. Mothers do not merely train their children to be involved in Taira and mitzvahs as a matter of course, rather with the sensitivity and love that is especially prevalent in the nature of Jewish women and girls. They imbue the child with a sense of pleasure and warmth so that the child engages in Taira and mitzvahs in a wonderful and beautiful way. For example, Jewish mothers have a beautiful custom to sing to their infants as they lay in their cribs songs that depict the Taira as the best, the sweetest, and the most beautiful thing in existence. Such experiences ingrain a profound love and affection for Taira and mitzvahs, a sensibility that does not fade as they mature and that remains vibrant for a lifetime. End of text 5a. Rather than view the mother's role as a placeholder until the child's education can begin, the Rebbe explains that the mother imbues the child with a warmth that brings their Yiddishkeit to life. Teachers teach us primarily how to do the mitzvah. Mothers teach us how to love the mitzvah. This is not secondary. It is foundational. Moreover, the mother's role doesn't end when the child is enrolled in school. The mother's role continues even then. In the Rebbe's words, text 5b, Sichas Kaidesh 5737. We observe on a daily basis that as wonderful as the influence of a teacher, counselor, or instructor may be, it cannot compete with the depths of influence that a mother has on her children. She invests her heart and mind to provide her children with the proper foundation for life and educates her children from infancy to realize that the Tyra is their very life and that Judaism is their guide to daily living. For the rest of their years, her sons and daughters appreciate that they receive the most profound educational contributions from their mother, influence that impacts them deeply and that lasts a lifetime. And even after the child grows up, there is much that she can accomplish because she has the time, the patience, and the focus to pay attention 
to every aspect of her child's daily life. This is especially when it comes to instilling the foundation of Yiddishkeit in the child upon which his behavior will be predicated every day, month, and year that Hashem will give him, the foundation on which the child will eventually establish his own home and raise his children. End of text 5b. So the mother's role in the child's education doesn't end when the child goes to school. It continues throughout their years in school and lingers on for a lifetime. B. The ripple effect. In addition to building a home that cultivates warmth and delight in Yiddishkeit, the Rebbe explained that the woman's influence at home spreads to the entire neighborhood. Text 6, Tyrus Menachem 5747. When one observes the home, it becomes obvious that it is directed by a woman whose heart is a sanctuary for Hashem and whose conduct is regulated by the Torah. This is reflected in the conduct of her entire household, the family, the husband, the boys, and the girls. Their behavior, their speech, and even their thoughts are all directed toward creating a sanctuary for Hashem. And the light from this home illuminates the entire neighborhood because the home becomes a guiding example to all the other Jewish homes in the neighborhood. Moreover, the environment in the home also impacts non-Jews in the neighborhood. They are inspired to treat each other with peace and with unity despite the lack of peace, morality, and righteousness in many of the world's largest countries. When they observe the atmosphere of serenity and unity, true serenity that is predicated on the Torah, whose ways are pleasant and whose pathways are peaceful, in the Jewish home, they are inspired to increase the spirit of peace, unity, morality, and righteousness throughout the neighborhood. End of text 6. We have noted earlier that such language is unique to the Rebbe. Jews have always understood that the woman's primary strength is reflected in the conduct of her household, but only the Rebbe credits the peaceful atmosphere of the entire neighborhood to the woman's efforts in her private home. C. Shlichus Until now, we talked about the impact of a Jewish woman in her home, first upon her family, then upon other Jewish families, and finally upon the entire neighborhood, both Jewish and non-Jewish. Now we turn to the role that the Jewish woman plays outside of the home. Once again, this is a unique innovation of the Rebbe. It was always thought that it is the role of the man to exert influence on the outside world. The Rebbe argued that there is a necessary niche in Shluchus that can only be filled by women, and that today's circumstances warrant this change in approach. Text 7a, It is true that the glory of the king's daughter is within, and the woman is the mainstay of the home. Indeed, the primary role of a Jewish woman is to build a Jewish home, for which reason they have a role to play within in the home. Nevertheless, women who are graced with the unique ability to exert influence outside of the home must utilize these traits for the sake of heaven to inspire Jewish hearts to serve Hashem and to bring back Jewish women who find themselves on the outside. This effort must obviously be conducted modestly 
as befits a Jewish daughter, so much so that even when she is outside, it must be evident that the glory of the king's daughter is within. Nevertheless, alongside the extreme care that she takes to conduct herself modestly, she must bring back her sisters who have strayed. In fact, the woman's natural warmth and soft demeanor enables her to succeed in this respect more so than men. Experience shows that when we want to attract a fellow Jew to Hashem and to his Tyra, we are more successful when we work pleasantly and peacefully. Moreover, the impact is more authentic and longer-lasting than when we approach them with debates and persuasive tactics, which is the nature of men. The nature of a man is to conquer. Now, since Hashem created women with this nature, it is obvious that they must utilize this trait in full measure, not only in the conduct of the home, but also in her influence on the outside, to draw her fellow Jewish women to their Father in Heaven. End of text 7a Not only are women stepping out of the home because there is a certain niche that requires them to, namely to work with their fellow Jewish women, but also to make a critical contribution to the overall shluchas. This is perhaps one of the most amazing statements of all. If the Rebbe invited women to step out, one might think it would have been secondary to the men, or at least equal to the men, who are experienced with working on the outside. Comes the Rebbe and tells us that the woman is summoned to exert influence on the outside because she contributes in a way that her husband can't. In fact, in certain circumstances, her husband should learn from her. Text 7b, Tyrus Menachem 5751. In many respects, the feminine approach is the more advanced approach. The masculine approach is to control and impose from above, which is an external form of influence. However, the feminine approach is not to conquer, but to touch others from within in a pleasant and respectful way. The feminine influence born of internal bonding inspires the other to accept willingly. Experience shows that respectful, pleasant, and peaceful dialogue is much more effective than harsh talk of intimidation or imposition. In this way, the feminine approach of the Jewish woman becomes an example to man on how to soften his masculine approach, to speak with respect, and to establish an internal bond. End of text 7b. The Mashiach Connection In all of the areas that we surveyed above, Taira, Mitzvahs, and Amuna, we demonstrated a connection to Mashiach. What is the connection between the woman's impact on others, beginning in the home and continuing throughout the world, and Mashiach? The simple answer is that the work of Shluchas leads to Mashiach. But there is something much more profound at play here explained at length in the Sicha toward which this curriculum leads. The Rebbe said this Sicha 30 years ago on Chafbeis Shvat 5752 in honor of the Kinnus HaShlochis of that year. In the Sicha, the Rebbe explains everything that we have been discussing in the context of Mashiach. In the words of our Sicha, text 8a, Sefer HaSichais 5752, 
There are two kinds of homes. A. When the residence is completely subservient to its resident, to the point that every detail in the residence exists solely to serve the resident. B. When the residence is beautiful and it expands the mind of the resident. The same applies to the home that we make for Hashem in the lower realms. A home is complete only when the home and the furniture are beautiful in addition to our beautiful behavior within the home. This means that in addition to making a home for Hashem, according to the letter of the law, we make Hashem's home beautiful. As Halacha states, everything that we make for Hashem, who is good, should be made from the most beautiful and the best materials. If we build a shul, it must be more beautiful than our home, etc. Similarly, the passage, This is my God and I will beautify Him, teaches us to beautify ourselves before Him with our mitzvahs. Make a beautiful sukkah, a beautiful lulav, etc. The same extends to all of the homes that we make for Hashem in the lower realms. The home must be a beautiful home. This completes not only the home, but also its resident. When the Gemara says a beautiful home expands the mind of man, it also refers to Hashem, the supernal man as it were. End of text 8a. You might think that a Chabad house is really a warehouse for Tyra and mitzvahs, and its physical beauty is just a means to bring people in, that the focus should be on Hashem, the resident, not on the residence and its beauty. The Rebbe tells us that this is not the case. The Chabad house shouldn't be a functional warehouse. If it is Hashem's home, it must be a beautiful home. Not only is it fitting that Hashem's home be beautiful, but also having a beautiful home completes Hashem's presence in the home. It expands the mind of the resident. It makes the supernal resident more comfortable. This is why it is so important that Chabad houses should be beautiful, the furniture attractive and comfortable, and the decor inviting and pleasing. Similarly, the programs should be well presented, the events should be high class, and everything should be as befits Hashem's home. This is not chitzainius, a means to bring people through the door. This is the last frontier and the most critical step in creating a beautiful dir betachtainim. The same is true of our mitzvahs. They should not be performed perfunctorily, but with passion, beauty, and delight. And I will beautify him with mitzvahs means that when we beautify our mitzvahs, Hashem is beautified. The beauty of our mitzvahs expands Hashem's dira betachtainim. The shliach and the shlucha are a team. Together they co-direct the Chabad house. But of the two, who is more inclined to ensure that Hashem's home is beautiful? Text 8b, Ibid page 356. Most of the physical and spiritual decoration and beauty of a residence and its furniture depends on the woman, the mainstay of the home. It is well known that beauty and the ability to create it is a distinct characteristic of the woman. Our sages frequently described women along these lines. For example, a woman of beauty, a beautiful and kind bride, and its ultimate formulation Beauty is a woman's purpose.
they were referring to spiritual beauty, from which physical beauty evolves. End of text 8b. Hasidus explains that men bring holiness into the world from above, whereas women reveal holiness in the mata itself. Women can, therefore, channel the holiness that men bring into the world to a level of mata that men can't reach. Men avoid that level of mata. Women embrace it and make it holy. Physical beauty can be viewed as an affectation, a mata, that distracts us from Hashem. But women see and reveal holiness in this mata. This explains why the shliach might focus on the taira and mitzvahs in the Chabad house and view its aesthetics only as a means to an end, whereas the shlucha intuits that aesthetics are important in their own right. Hashem's home must be beautiful, not because it brings people in, but because it is Hashem's home. We now appreciate the critical role that the Jewish woman plays in completing the work of Dira B'Tachtainim, the influence that she exerts in the home that trickles out to the neighborhood and that she exerts in the world at large all bring beauty, warmth, and delight to our mitzvahs and to our physical homes. She uses her unique feminine qualities to design and decorate Hashem's home so that its spiritual beauty its Tyra and mitzvahs find a home in physical beauty. This way, Hashem's home is not restricted to spiritual beauty. The Dira Pitachtainim extends even into physical beauty. Affectations that in the past might have been viewed as distractions to serving Hashem properly are now utilized by the woman to cross the final frontier, to create the final stage of Dira Pitachtainim. Part 4 Welcome home. Our task is to use our feminine qualities to turn our house into a beautiful home, a welcoming home, a home that welcomes Mashiach. This is the final frontier. As the most important division in the Rebbe's army during the final stage of Dira B'Tachtainim, we need to lead the way across the final frontier. We accomplish this by increasing our efforts to bring warmth inspiration, and beauty to our Chabad house. We accomplish this by cultivating the inner spiritual beauty in all people, including the lowest tachtain, those who seem on the surface to be most resistant. We accomplish this by increasing Torah classes for women. We accomplish this by increasing our focus on the three mitzvahs that are unique to women, bathing the home and the people in it with light, warmth, beauty, and inspiration. The Chaf Beishvat Sicha on which this curriculum is built includes beautiful explanations and explicit direction for all this and more. It explains that by transforming Yiddishkeit from a warehouse to a beautiful home, we reach much higher than we can through conventional mitzvahs. By merging spiritual and physical beauty, we touch on the source of all things, where the spiritual and physical converge and from which they both emerge. This is the level of Atzmos Umahus that will be revealed when Mashiach comes. Our ability to merge spiritual and physical beauty into a home for Hashem was given to us on Chaf Beishvat 
when the final stage of Dira B'Tachtainim began. We are now 34 years into this final stage, and it is high time that we bring it to completion. Our role is expanded in this era because Mashiach is uniquely associated with women. Let's take a leading role in this endeavor. Let's beautify Hashem's home. Let's make it a welcoming home. And let's cross the final frontier and finally bring Mashiach.